Last week I spoke and I shared a word concerning the presence of God and the power of presence and how presence is so important, how, how much value we have when somebody is present. I spoke about when somebody comes to your wedding and when somebody doesn't come to your wedding or doesn't come to your birthday, there is a feeling that you feel and there's a significance importance when we begin to speak about the presence of God. Why? Because when God is present, things have to change. When God is present, things have to acclimatize to the temperature that he has set. Now, the presence of God, though it's crucial, though it's fundamental, there is something that is key that every believer must hold on to. And that is the spoken word of the Father. Somebody say the spoken word. The spoken word of the Father is key and fundamental to your breakthrough, to your mindset, and to your understanding and navigating this Christian walk. I want us to understand that when the Lord Almighty speaks, there is no other word that can be spoken that can void the word of God. Let me put it into a pragmatic or a, 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 a clearer context for you. Let's even use the house for example. If Daniel gives, the, gives an instruction to the choir, but Tim has also given an instruction to the choir, what should happen? You know how choir, the work in progress. Amen. But the progress has progressed. Amen. What should happen is they would say, oh, but Tim said this. Why? Because who's the lead minister of this house? And so for that reason, there is an authority and there is a position. Daniel holds a very, very high position. It's not that I'm undermining Daniel. But there is an authority that speaks. And when that authority speaks, it means that it is the defining word. So my question to you this evening is, what is the word that God has spoken to you? The words that you have undermined and held no value to. And so as a result, you don't see the manifestation of that word in your life. Our God is a covenant-keeping God. And our God is a God of promises. So the question we must ask ourselves as believers is, why is it that the promises of God have not manifested in my life? I need us to understand that if you keep operating in what you think as opposed to what God knows, you will find yourself on an Israelite journey going through the wilderness round in circles time and time again. God's word is yea and amen. But unfortunately as believers, you know what we have and Panache shared it. She said, we have feelings. choose what character I want to be. I just feel I just feel raise your hand if you don't say stupid out of feelings. Those temporary feelings that the Lord said that no you will get a job. The Lord said no irrespective of this exam your destiny is secured. 
Because of feelings, you've ripped up your exam paper. Because of feelings, you stopped applying for a job. Somebody say, burn these feelings. Because these feelings are robbing you of your destiny. They're robbing you of your purpose. It's important as believers. I remember when I was young in the faith and I was being educated. They said that Christians need to understand that prayer and the word of God go hand in hand. If you have prayer, it's like a gun. But the worst thing to do is have a gun with no bullets. If you're combating the enemy, and let's say by chance, you wave your gun. That's your prayer. But you're not backing up your prayer with the word. You know, raise your hand if you see a gun, you'll run away. Raise your hand. If someone puts a gun at you, you'll run away. Okay. There's people like me that if I see a gun, I'll say, you better be ready to shoot that. Don't point that at me if you're not ready to shoot that. There are also some demons that also like that. Let me educate you. And so your gun with no bullets against someone like me, it is the beginning of your demise. Entering into any form of warfare with prayer and no word is a very, very, very dangerous territory to tread. So as believers, we must have prayer and the word to go hand in hand when it comes to anything that the enemy presents before you. Why? Because even Christ himself, when the tempter came to him, he said, but it is also written that you must not tempt the Lord your God. You need to know your word as believers. You need to stand on the rock that does not fail. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. If you don't know his word, then you don't know him. If you don't know his words, then you don't know him. How can you know the promises of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords if you don't know what he said? My God spoke to me and he said, son, my children must know my word. That if they know my word, they will know me. And if they know me, they will understand that if they walk through the valley of the shadow of death, fear no evil. Last week I shared and I said, I hate people being around me that love panicking. Why? Because our God has said for every single day this year, 365 times written in scripture, fear not, fear not, fear not. Remember in scripture, when the Lord was meeting or he encountered Moses, or should I say Moses encountered him in the burning bush. And they had dialogue and they spoke. And when they spoke, Moses started panicking oh god I'm and god was thinking wait you have seen a burning bush not only have you seen a burning bush but you are seeing a bush and you have seen that the bush is not consumed are you not afraid when i give you instruction you don't tell me that you are stammer God is probably looking at Moses thinking, have you lost? Have you lost? God got so frustrated. I'll send Aaron with you. And sometimes we need to understand that the lack of word, the lack of understanding, the lack of knowledge in the scriptures is what's causing you to have fear. It's what's causing you to not believe. It's not causing you, it's, it, it, it's the triggering point that's causing you to not stand. 
at the point where you need to stand up and be counted. Because you don't know his word. You know what everybody has said. You know your mom's opinion. You know your dad's opinion. You know your friend's opinion. But you don't know God's opinion. You don't know God's opinion on a situation. When Panache was sharing her testimony, beautiful things. She said last week we spoke about the names of God. And when we spoke about the names of God, when she was in her deepest, they would, this is our court, this is your Paul and Silas, when she was in jail, where she had reached a stage where, my Lord, help me. She said, Abba. She said, I cannot speak to him in English no more. I cannot call him by his English name. I must speak to him in which the language that Jesus spoke. She said, I must speak Aramaic. I must go deep down into the root of the language in which my forefathers spoke. And say, Abba, Father. Kilo de now. What, what has gone wrong? She can't refer to him as God anymore. She said, Abba. Abba. Meaning Father. If anybody in this room has children or plans to have children or is a child, you will know that when you call on the name of your mom or your dad, your father or your mother, you would never call on them and ask for bread, food to eat, and they would deny you. I know some people are thinking, oh, my mom's a bit. <laughs> But in the traditional sense, they should not deny you. Because he says that the birds of the air do not worry where their next meal is going to come from. How much more the son and daughter of the Most High God. So how can you struggle? How can you be concerned about tomorrow if birds do, 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 that are looking for worm left and right are not, they're not panicking, but you, a child, son, daughter of the Most High God, you're panicking, why? It is not good for a son. Or do, you know, I've got nieces and nephews. When I tell them that my daddy said, what's your father said? What has your daddy said? This is why when you have a childlike mentality towards the things of God and towards what God has said, it transitions you into a place whereby as long as I am breathing, I will always worship you. Because you are blinded. You're blinded to the wiles and to the attempts of the enemy. And this is why the Lord wants us to establish ourselves in his word. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 22, 17 to 18, let's just try and throw it up. If we're all familiar with our father Abraham, we know that the Lord took Abraham and said to him that, come, I will take you away from your father's house and I'll take you to a land. And in the scripture it says, blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Raise your hand if you know the song, Father Abraham has many sons. Come on. Come on. Many sons are Father Abraham. Some people don't know it. I am one of them. And so I eat. So let's just pray the Lord. Right on. I don't even know the 
But Father Abraham has many sons. Myself and yourself are one of those children. Is Abraham living to know Timothy? He isn't. But did God fail in his promise? God will not fail in his word, his covenant, and his commitment to you. But the question I have for you today is, will you fail in yours? Will you say, I have not seen it. And for the fact that I have not seen it, it will not come about. The Bible says, blessed is the man who does not see, but still believes. We'll open the scriptures to Luke chapter 1 from verse 11. Blessed is the man who does not see, but still believes. When Panache did not see Job, and her mom now said, it's as if you have to sell that cow. You know, even Jesus had to rebuke the disciples and yeah. say, Satan, get thee behind me. Because sometimes the one who is giving you counsel is contrary to the counsel of the Lord. And so some people will give utterance and they'll say, oh, I don't know, man, your situation's looking a bit... And so because of that, they will now sow the seed of the enemy. And now your middle name becomes Thomas. Why? Because you are a doubter. You begin to doubt the word given by God. And so you must rebuke the enemy. I'm praying that they get the scriptures up. Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us. Please, from verse 11, 11. Luke 1 verse 11. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel of the Lord said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear, your, bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Zacharias is in a position where he's of old age and he desires to have a child. Now the angel of the Lord has presented himself and said, The Lord has heard your prayer and you will have a son. Many of you have gone before the Lord. He has given you the word to hold on to. Has God said he will do it? He said, yes, he will do it. I said to Panache that, you know why your testimony is sweet? Because you had to wait for it. Imagine Panache was like, oh yeah, I left my job in December. I got my job January week one. Everyone be like, oh, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Amen, amen, glory to God. But the testimony was sweet because <clears throat> Panache will come before me. She said, Tim, I don't know about tomorrow, but tomorrow will take care of itself. She said, I don't know, five grand maybe, if you could just, <laughs> hallelujah, five grand. <laughs> Just hallelujah, we don't know what the Lord has planned. You know, there's a time I went to Panache's house. She was, we planned to meet. She said to me that, I'm not going to lie. I was going to tell you that. Don't even come because the state I'm in right now. But the Lord ministered to me and said, make sure you don't go there empty-handed. And God will send people your way at the appointed time just to give you that boost of faith. Just to remember to stand on his word. Zacharias was of old age. Don't give me the scripture. Old age. And as he's of old age, what's happened? What his desire is has manifested. The testimony is sweet when the odds are against you. We'll read on. 
and you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. Let's hold it there. We receive a promise from God. We receive a word from God. But you know what we like to do? Give all the reasons why what God said won't come to pass. God has said, you are going to be a global minister. And you have said, oh, but I'm, I'm only in TI. Hmm. God forgive you. Amen. Amen. It will shock you. <laughs> God has given you a promise and you're stacking up all the reasons why that promise can't come to pass. You're giving yourselves all the reasons why you won't see the manifestation of the goodness of God in your life. What you need to ask yourself is, would this be the goodness of God if the odds weren't stacked against me? The blind man who was born blind. The Bible says that they asked, the Pharisees, they asked that what was the reason? What was the reason in which this man was born blind? Was it for the sins of his mother or his father? And Christ said, no. He was born blind for the glory of God. He was born blind so that we could see that God has the power to restore the sight. He has the capacity to restore sight. He has the capacity to open the eyes of the blind man. But we wouldn't know this if that man wasn't born blind. We wouldn't know this. God is able to open doors which no man can shut concerning careers. If Panache did not go through three solid months of trials and tribulations. If you're in this building and you're unemployed, you need to go home and say, the God of Panashi. Abba Father, she called you Abba, me too. I'm a son, I'm a daughter. Call on his name and say, that same God that did it for her must do it for me. That same God that stepped in at the appointed time must do it for me. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stands in the presence of God, and I am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. You know why that's crazy? Sorry, I said crazy. It's mad because Gabriel was like, huh? And this is how you should all be when somebody speaks a negative word concerning the promises of God. God has given me a promise. You're saying, uh, 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 I don't think so. <laughs> Gabriel has said, wait, hold on. Let's recalibrate. He said, and the angel answered him, I am Gabriel that stands in the presence of God. Last week we spoke about his presence. I need you to understand something. He said, I am Gabriel that stands in the presence of God. I have seen his majestic works. I know him by name. 
And I've seen the manifestation of his goodness, his glory, his power. I am the one who was there where he said that I breathed life into man and man became a living being. That at the point of creation, I was Erandiela. It was me he was sending up and down to do the bidding. I am the one that went to go and visit Daniel when the prince of Persia was behaving like an ox and I found Michael to come duck down the ox. It was me. And now Zachariah, you're coming to give me your logic when I am one who is in the presence of God. Somebody say, don't offend me. No, tell them again, don't offend me. Because when you offend the messenger that has been sent to you, given you the good word of God, let me explain to you what happens. He says, I am Gabriel that stands in the presence of God and I'm sent to speak unto thee and show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not be able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. I want us to understand something very, very quickly that you can become deaf and dumb when you don't receive the promises of God for your life. When you dismiss and you reject them. And right now, I'm not even saying literally you become deaf and dumb. What I am saying is that the word that is sent forth to you to give you guidance, to give you boldness, to give you strength, you won't hear it. things that you should profess with your mouth and speak concerning the things that you're supposed to give life to when the enemy has come in and said these dry bones can't rise again you won't be able to speak why because you are so consumed with the individual things old age my wife is old i've waited forever we've been trying forever ah uh, how long now those are the factors that will consume you and prevent you from connecting with the promise that God has for you. And so Zechariah was blind. There's a scripture that says in Habakkuk 2, 3, 4, the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it because it will surely come, it will not tarry. It is for the appointed time, and if you do not wait for the appointed time, you'll be like a generation in Israel and fail to miss the promised land. The Bible says because of Israel's murmurings and groanings, what happened? The promise that God gave Israel, the promise in which he said that I will take you out of Egypt, a land of bondage, into the land flowing with milk and honey. A generation did not see it. 40 years of circles just because you couldn't hold on to the promise of God. Imagine the Lord parting the Red Sea. The ones that have afflicted you for 400 years, you've seen them drown just like that. And then you're now complaining in the wilderness because of bread and egg. It's a disgrace. It's, it's a disgrace. Listen, I want us to do a reality check when we go home. Ask yourself, what am I complaining to God about? 
Because it is a disgrace for us to allow our feelings. When we were fasting, I told us that we must tell our stomach, shut up. Because it will speak the utterances of the enemy. This sandwich is not going to cancel your fast. God understands. He knows you are hungry now. Ah. Ah. Did he not say he will give you bread to eat? Man must not live by bread alone. But he must live by every word that cometh from the mouth of the Lord. This evening I'm here to ask you, simply put, what has God said? What has God said concerning your destiny? You know that time when you were 15, 16 and someone said, oh, you're going to be this, you're going to be that, and then you went to uni and then suddenly, you took my left turn. And you believe that it's not viable anymore. You believe that it's not an option anymore. This is the moment where I say to you, what was the promise of God in your life? What was the word that God has given you? And sometimes I need us to understand that it is not a fresh promise that you need. Sometimes it's just the establishment of his word that is already in existence. Because some of us as believers, we fail and we fall short when we enter the space of, uh, God, not my will, but your will be done. His will is established in his word. His will concerning your health, concerning your purpose, concerning your destiny, concerning your identity, a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. This is his word, his will concerning you. You have no business being a beggar. There's a word that says that. I mean, I really want to get this. It's in Psalms. Amen. Psalms 37. I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging. Never! Me, I know go suffer, I know go beg for bread. When my mom used to sing that, I never used to understand she'll be worshiping me. I know go suffer, I know go bad for all of me, Rabu. Now my papa, now my papa. I know some of you didn't grow up in Nigerian houses, so you don't understand the Ugandan house. But I have never seen the righteous forsaken, neither have I seen them begging for bread. Ask oh, somebody, are you begging for bread? Because if you are, it means that you're not in right standing with God. If you are in right standing and in alignment with the Father, the Bible says that the fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. When you're in right standing with the Father, there is no supplication that can be made to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and not be heard. The promises of God should be your foundation should be the source in which you stand strong and in enabling his word to be your foundation. 
Let me tell you something. The Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away. But the word of God shall live forevermore. Let's rise up onto our feet.